0: Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo or at least one of them, it kinda depends and probably some rando too but no complaining, cause this is free free! This is Beauty and the Beta bonus audio content
1: Hello and welcome to the show. This week, Blonde was a guest on YouTuber Ranthony's live stream. They talked about Blonde's election research in the Podesta and DNC emails during the campaign season. They talked about new education secretary Betsy DeVos and school choice. They talked about female satisfaction in the workplace and much more. I enjoy Ranthony's channel, so if you like what you hear, and I hope that you will, check out Ranthony's links in the description and tell him we sent you if you do. Thanks for listening and enjoy. And we are live with Blonde in the Belly of the Beast which if I'm not mistaken Blonde is is of course Blonde and the Beast is Seattle, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. All right. <laughs> so Blonde is of the Beauty and the Beta podcast. If you haven't seen it, I'm always chatting that crap up because it is so good. I love oh, it. Thank I you. catch it every every time. And you're very welcome. I I enjoyed a lot and um, and that's one of the things I want to talk about but um, she and I were on Roaming Millennials channel not too long ago like like Wednesday or, or it is Monday I don't even remember I don't know anymore blonde <laughs> but I'm excited to have her here
0: thank so. you for having me
1: oh my so blonde has done some of the greatest work that I'm aware of regarding the Podesta emails and just kind of trying to take down Hillary, and I'm kind of curious to hear a little bit about that. Uh, I'm going to get into this a little bit, because I mentioned once, and I know Skag brought it up on the podcast the other day, that somebody, he don't want to call him out, but somebody says he gets, he gets his news from us, and I'm like, I don't want that responsibility. You remember him saying that? And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. me. I said that.
0: <laughs> I said
1: I get my news from you, too, and it's true. Uh, for a lot of reasons, because you do a lot of very well-researched, well-documented uh, stuff, and I will, con- I stand by that. I continue to do it. I continue to wait <laughs> for you guys to, to come out with it. So, what kind of what kind of stuff did you do back then?
0: Um, on the Podesta emails?
1: Yeah, part- or any emails that you were were dealing with.
0: Um. Well, I only got through about between eight hundred and a thousand, but I had like four or five researchers that got. Through. We got through so many of those emails, and eventually, uh, once we got to like there were like forty thousand emails at some point. We we're like, there's just no way. I mean, like a quarter of them were spam, easily identifiable spam and stuff like that. But at some point, you just have to start keyword searching. Um, right. and so the project kind of fell apart because H. A. Goodman. I don't know if you know him. Um, he was delving into every set of the Podesta emails that came out and he was doing such a good job I was like I should not I should just tell these people to go help him because <laughs> he's doing a way better job than I am um, but this was you know right when we started learning about the spirit cooking and stuff and so I was totally enthralled in the WikiLeaks um, but at that time I was more uh, more interested in the media's relationship to, um, the Hillary Clinton campaign. And I didn't, I I was shocked. I guess I was naive before that about how mesh these things were and, and how deep, you know, the New York times emailing and and asking like, is this editorial? Okay. I was like, Oh my God, even I didn't know it was this bad. Holy shit. Um, so that's really where, where I, the, the fire that was burning under me, it was to be like, wow, how deep does this go? And it felt like such a, um, like a ground floor operation because all of us had access to this information. It right. was just kind of like a spy project. I was I was totally enamored.
1: Well, and that was one of the, the cool things about that is that it was it was information that the mainstream media didn't have a monopoly on. Right, right. And that uh, it, it was it was actually not only did they not have a monopoly on it, but they did not want to report it at all. So it kind of did fall to people like yeah, you, yeah, Mr. Good, Goodman. Did you say? I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think I saw CNN or or maybe it was CNN. I'm fairly certain it was that said that it was illegal to. Oh my God. Oh my God. Mm. And so all their viewers must be like, well, I guess we can't, I guess we have to get our news from CNN. It was so It's
1: illegal for you to have it, but we can. But
0: not us. That's
1: identically what he said. Like, so what makes (laughs) you so great?
0: (laughs) I know. I know. Oh my God. did such a bad job. And so I was like, this is a great opportunity for the American people to see really how in cahoots the Hillary Clinton campaign is with the mainstream media and, and we can un- uncover it. Uh, and so it was like a really powerful feeling.
1: So did anything that you did, uh, anything that you uncovered, you know, were you the first to uncover stuff and, and circulate it out there? I, I, you were um, the first to me, but I don't know about other people.
0: As far as the Anderson Cooper connection, I didn't hear anybody else talking about that specifically. Like, everybody knew that CNN was involved. But I found an email from Jennifer Duck, and she's a producer on Anderson Cooper 360. And it was talking um, – I think it might have been to Podesta. I, I don't know. It was it was really deep in there. It was talking about how um, they needed to, like, engage the sun. And, and, of course, they were talking about Anderson Cooper. You know, he's um, – a very, very prominent journal, journalist and everything. It just, all signs pointed to that he was involved in this. Yeah, um, the
1: son, the son meant the son of whoever his famous mother is, right?
0: Yes. Um. Oh, her name escapes me. I want to say, is she a Vanderbilt or something like that?
1: Yeah, Gloria Vanderbilt.
0: That's I, the I one. Wanted yeah, say, yeah. I wanted
1: um, to say Gloria Steinem and I'm like, no, that's not right.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so it just was very poorly coded language. It seemed, it seemed fairly obvious to me. And so I didn't hear anybody else report on that. Although the connection to CNN was just all over the WikiLeaks. So. Okay. It wasn't anything, so did, you know, did any, groundbreaking. Did
1: any of the stuff that you found in all of that, did that ever get picked up by InfoWars or some, you know, big alternative media site? Or was it pretty much just you banging that drum?
0: Um, No, and I didn't really uncover anything. Like, the, the big stuff came out pretty much right away on Twitter. And so... Um, I didn't see a lot of people like breaking those stories. It would just be like one person would see something tweeted about it, and then they would go and do their own investigation. And so it was kind of people like piling on to other people's research. And so outside of the Anderson Cooper thing, I don't think I uncovered anything that that nobody else had. But I just loved how this was such a community effort. And we use social was. media and yeah. stuff. It was, it was fun, I gotta say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's impressive, you know. I mean, like you said, there were so many emails to go through. Now, the second WikiLeaks dump, the one that was even larger, was that that one was, uh, what was it, hundred thousand emails or something like that? Uh, or am I? Maybe I'm mistaking myself here. But um, did anybody ever go through those?
0: Oh, I'm sure. I know Reddit communities have been on it, um, as have 4chan, uh, but I think that it was a, it was about forty thousand emails when I checked out when I was like, all right, this is just too much to handle. And that was after like the 20th dump or something like, I mean, they, they were just dumping thousands of females like every day for a while, right before the election. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a real gripe with how they did that too. I wish they would have kind of uh, trimmed the fat, but I think it was a tactic for them to show the general public that they had everything. I th- it seemed like a psychological, like warfare tactic to me. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> makes sense. But I do wish they had... Yeah, both trim the fat and put it out a little bit earlier. Honestly.
0: Yeah, totally. They were really down to the wire. I mean, and one person could comb through all. I mean, Julian Assange has been—he's um, been in there for what in the in the embassy for like five years. He probably could have come through most of these himself. <laughs>
1: well, I don't actually know what the timestamp on all these emails was. How how what was the oldest? They
0: went back pretty far, pretty far. Um, I think from like two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Meaning,
1: yes, they had this information for a very long time.
0: And, yeah, yeah but I don't of, know when they acquired it, so I guess I, I can't even make that statement.
1: That's fair. But it's a it's a difficult situation, though, because I, on the one hand, I want the information to come out, and coming out in a timely manner like it did was really good. On right. the other hand, it feels really disingenuous to me. Like, they did the same thing with the Billy Bush tapes, right, with the grabbing by the pussy tapes. How yeah, that's true. How long were they sitting on that shit? And then they I'd decided to do it as an October surprise.
0: I bet they had it for... Maybe I don't know, months and months and months.
1: Months and months. The people who ultimately leaked it had to have had it for months and months, but the tape itself existed since it was made, and somebody obviously right, right. somebody had it, Billy Bush, whatever whatever news network that was, and they waited until they could assassinate Donald Trump's character with it. And that's really low down.
0: Right, right.
1: Honestly. I, it's and
0: hilarious I,
1: and I, and I, how that I did happen. Like, huh?
0: It's hilarious how that didn't work. I mean, they just thought that that was just, they thought that that was the end game, that they didn't have to do anything else. It was the only card that they really had. And they were like, all right, it's over for Trump. And then everybody was kind of like, I don't know if I care.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, we had kind of bigger problems than that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they have made it the biggest component of their campaign. Trump hates women.
0: Right, right. And
1: I kind of wonder if they made, maybe they made that deliberately too cap. They, they, they had all that stupid Alicia Machado crap. They had all of this, oh, my God, Trump is a misogynist stuff, so that they could then punctuate it in the end with yeah. dates that they knew they had for months. Maybe It seemed
0: really prepared. contrived. Yeah.
1: Anyhow, it's true. It's interesting reminiscing about all that. I have a professor who, who I love very much. Okay, She's a black, lesbian, liberal. Okay, But as they say, some of the best professors are the ones you argue with all the time. Okay? Yeah, that's true. And she she just threw offhandedly threw it out there something like um gra- about grabbing by the pussy and that and that was an admission of assault by the way and then she just goes on and i'm like
0: no it wasn't he says they so, let you
1: he said they let you too god no. why because we're like because we're here yeah and this is kind of it's like sometimes i just you know you have to pick your battles but
0: no i mean and there's an element of truth to that like Trump's a, wo- a womanizer, but yeah. I will say that all the women he's married kind of knew what they were getting into. Kind of, I mean,
1: yeah. Well, and yeah. it's his
0: only vice. I mean, he he's a teetotaler; he doesn't drink at all. Right. He, he's pretty pretty square outside of this, just loving beautiful women. And so I kind of am like, I can get over that. I can get over it. I guess I have to. I mean,
1: well, he's not perfect. Yeah, you know, it is it is noteworthy that um I don't even know if I want to say most people but I think it might be correct most people made their decision in this election on a lesser of two evils basis and I I that goes for yeah. both Hillary voters and Trump voters I've spoken to these you know about these before I didn't really like Hillary but I felt like she was better than Trump and vice versa and I they were shit candidates they both were
0: <laughs> yeah although I've grown to to love Trump I've got to say <laughs>
1: yeah I have grown to like trump incredibly very much but not
0: not quite there
1: i'm wish wishing <laughs> with ben carson in there
0: <laughs> i love ben carson too yeah i wonder why maybe because his personality is just a little bit too placid he doesn't seem to have much yeah of a fire in him.
1: everybody seemed to 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 feel and i'm like come on now he's got a backbone back there okay don't but yeah
0: totally totally i think taming his anger. Big stick. yeah
1: should have made that his campaign slogan Though, I did like his campaign slogan of He'll he'll Inspire, Revive. I felt that's what we really needed. I don't know. I miss him.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Somebody's getting triggered. You don't love Trump? No. Not really.
0: really. It's okay. It's all right. You don't Um, have to. It's not a requirement.
1: Huh? It's
0: not a requirement.
1: It's okay. It's not a requirement. But I, I am reasonably happy with the way things are going so far. And that's what we were having mm. our discussion on. Roaming Millennials channel. You should totally check that out if you're watching. But um, what uh, what what didn't we cover there that we got to talk about here?
0: I don't know, but I haven't been reading the news like religiously as I should these last. I
1: don't know. Well, Betsy DeVos just got confirmed by fifty-one. Oh, okay. Fifty-one to fifty. Mike Pence had to break the uh, to break the tie. Oh man. Two Republicans. Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski, big surprise, big surprise, broke the line and didn't and voted nay, and yeah. made it even. Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, them at all, but um, Lisa Murkowski in 2010 lost her election bid. Her pri- she lost in the primary to Joe Miller, a Tea Party candidate, and then she wrote ran a write-in candidate candidacy and won.
0: Oh and- man.
1: Yes, it was like the first. I think it was the first person to win successfully win a write-in candidacy, um, at a statewide office since like 1954. It was how did massive. She that? To be honest, I really don't know. You know, John Miller was very conservative. It was the Tea Party times. It wasn't terribly. He wasn't like that massively controversial like some of them were, like Christine O'Donnell back then. But, um, he he was good in my opinion. I wish he was. I wish he, it was him instead of her. But, you know. She had name recognition.
0: Yeah. It happens. That's all you need at the state level, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And and actually, uh, my state, Pat Toomey, uh, our Republican senator. Um, Twitter is blowing up right now. I don't think he's trending nationwide, but he's definitely trending around here. Of all these people pissed off because he didn't vote nay on DeVos. <clears throat> I think DeVos is a good choice. I don't know about you.
0: I don't know very much about her. Just what I've heard, the, like last week.
1: Yeah, most what we of what I've heard is Yeah, most most of it is, is negative that I hear. You know, she has she has and she didn't go to public to public school, and her kids didn't go to a public school, and she never, doesn't have any teaching experience. I believe she's a ment she was a mentor, but she's in favor of things like school vouchers and private school programs, and that's what I like. Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, it's such a debacle, the educational system. That's one of those things that I I haven't even invested a lot of intellectual energy in trying to resolve it because I'm like, I don't even I don't even know. Like, what do we even do about that? <laughs> it's I don't life. know. And I'm thinking about, like, what am I going to do with my own kids? And I think I'm going to have to homeschool them. That's, well, that's where I am right now. I'm like, all right.
1: I would. That's a good idea. I was homeschooled. I oh, think, were you really? I was. Mm-hmm. I
0: have a million questions about this if you want to talk about it.
1: I'd be happy to. I'm sure people are interested in, in homeschooling. I, I've had people ask me before, so sure, go for it. Well,
0: I guess when I bring it up to people, um, first of all, whenever I'm like, I think I'm going to homeschool my kids, as people, even in my family, they think that it is fucking weird. <laughs> they think it breeds weirdos. And so they're always like, well, because we knew some homeschooled kids growing up, and like four out of five of them were weird. And so I'm worried about the social <laughs> aspect.
1: Yeah, I'm worried that, that, that my big, kid's not going to be socialized
0: be... enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Is the social aspect? Uh, well, okay. So me my. I was homeschooled. My best friend was also homeschooled, and that was just a coincidence. We met Boy Scouts. I've known a lot of homeschooled kids, and yeah, I can agree with you. A lot of them are kind of weird. But why
0: is that? Is it because they aren't getting enough socialization with other? I don't kids? think
1: so. I think it's because uh, everybody else is just very bland. <laughs> That's Aww. more how I would put it. We kind of put people into the into the public school system, and just we don't let you grow your character. Now, granted, I know we'd have to define weird, I guess, but um, <laughs> most of them are very, intelligent and very nerdy. All right. Um, no, it's not the nerdiness. Even... It's
0: that they had a hard time interacting with other children. That seemed uh, to be what I
1: see what you're saying. But you we know, also
0: I... did not have homeschool networks um, like they seem to do now. And so I think that that might have to that might have something to do with it.
1: Well, yeah, and and every every homeschooler is different. Like I did mine through paper books. My my friend was through a homeschooling network. I had friends who did uh, cyber schooling. I had friends who did private Mennonite schooling out here in the Amish communities. We got, uh, so all of all, everything is different, and there's a thousand ways to do it. But, um, I yeah, mostly uh, as intelligence goes, I think that, um. From what I've known, homeschoolers are usually smarter than public schoolers. From from those people I've known,
0: yeah, as for there might be some selection bias there, huh? There might be some selection bias there because I think it's more likely, yes, that's
1: possible, yes, because I want that to be the truth, but um. (laughs) But I think it is true. And I know that I remember reading statistics a long time ago, but I can't quote them uh, of, of homeschoolers versus public schoolers. Now, they have done studies regarding socialization because a lot of it, that, that's what they do about the, uh, the arguments about socialization. Personally, if you are a parent, you know homeschooling should involve a lot of other things and for me it involved i worked with my father and you know we went out and uh, we i used to do seminars with him and i would work the door at the seminar and you know, he had me do that i did boy scouts i did chess i did i, I had sports i had gymnastics when i was really young and I, yeah i can you believe it gymnastics yeah and um
0: so clubs that's the key k-
1: kind of yeah i it, like it wasn't like i wasn't busy I was, I did okay. all kinds of stuff. I had Christian clubs and youth groups and you know, all the crap growing up. And the thing was, you know, it allowed me to expand my interests rather than sitting in school. But right. I don't know, probably if I had to guess, I think private schooling might be the best way to go if you can afford it, you know? I don't know. I don't
0: yeah, know. yeah. That's the real problem, though. It's it's crazy expensive. I was talking to my suite mate, and she sends her kids to, like, pretty shitty private schools in Seattle, and they're in kindergarten, and it's $14,000 a piece. They're twins. Her- so she's spending $28,000 a year for oh her God. kindergartners to go to a mediocre private school. Ooh,
1: like, I just wow. I simply
0: can't afford that. I mean, I just can't. Wow. Well, that basically
1: that would take up the entirety of my household income.
0: I mean, yeah, <laughs> but, it, it's dang. just totally an, a non-starter. I'm like, all right, that just it just can't happen. Whew. I know, and, right?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, that public schooling should kind of move away from babysitting, which is I think how it how it really seems to be to me. Right. Uh, we spend a l- very little time in school actually learning. And of course now I wasn't in school, so I can't necessarily but I uh, say this, you know, from a personal experience, but from what I've seen my friends, for example, what they come home with homework. Uh, mm-hmm. my my you know, he has homework and I look over it and I can't read it. I can't read anything he wrote. I can't read his handwriting like Y- your your teacher's gonna be okay with this, and he's like, "Oh, they're not even gonna look at it. I'm just gonna get points for."
0: Oh it. my god!
1: I'm like, "You're just gonna get ten points for turning it in. You don't. Yeah. You can. I said you can write turn it, but all over the place, and you you would just get points for that."
0: <laughs> yes. Oh no. Yes, oh no. Well, I mean, tenure. I had so many lazy teachers that were tenured. I'm like, you should have been fired so long ago.
1: Yes. And I think that's the thing. I think somebody in the chat had said, see, I am watching at the chat, watching the chat, they're yelling at me. Um, the, somebody in the chat had said something about, yeah, we need to get rid of teachers unions. And oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I think, the biggest reason that um, they that Betsy DeVos of all of them was opposed so heavily is because teachers unions got involved.
0: Well, they're such bullies. And I, I'm sick of this, like, teachers mm-hmm. are are largely underpaid thing. I'm like, you are like a fourth grade science teacher. You make forty grand a year. You work eight to three and you get three months off. Shut your mouth. Shut up. Yeah. I mean, I, totally I understand. And at a professorial the level, the they're summer. totally Really, what? Like,
1: yeah. what? What do you got to do? Oh, well, well, we work all evenings to grade papers and shit. Shut the fuck up. You don't even look at them. I know you don't, right?
0: <laughs> I know. I know. You grade for credit. We know it. Yeah.
1: And I, I've seen, Yeah, I, I used to tutor in schools, I used to teach chess, and I've met some okay teachers, and I've met some really dumb fuck teachers, and it's just, it's, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's, yeah. it's just like healthcare, there are issues that are so massively fucked up at so many levels that I'm not even sure where you start on fixing them, both of them.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely true, oh the healthcare thing.
1: You know, the Affordable Care Act, the, the biggest thing being the individual mandate, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I, I
1: think the, the Supreme Court decision on the individual mandate is the first time where I personally have gotten to see a massively awful decision <laughs> stating that you can tax somebody simply for being alive and not paying money for something. It's just, and to me, it's a massive violation of the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause. I can't believe that our court, and it was Justice John fucking Roberts who made that decision. I can't believe that they made that decision, and even some of my liberal professors can't believe they made that decision.
0: So what do you think Trump's first year is going to be like as far as as um, as far as reforming health care is concerned?
1: <laughs> I'm not really sure exactly what he's going to, to replace Obamacare with, but it does sound like Obamacare is leaving. But I'm not sure. I, I hope. I expect there will be tort reform. What do you think?
0: Um, yeah, I'm a little worried about it. I mean, I've heard him talk about it um, probably, I don't know, no more than five occasions, and it's been pretty vague. Like, he just keeps saying, like, it'll be a seamless rollout. I'm like, I don't really know what that means. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. I
1: don't know exactly what we're going to do.
0: Because um, I'm currently uninsured, and I'm like,
1: hmm, You're uninsured. What am I going to do about
0: that? I am. I am I'm, in, I'm in between insurance. I need to take care of it prom- pronto, though.
1: Well, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I'm just saying because it's like, well, that's like six hundred and something, six hundred and thirty dollars or something like that. Um, I know. A year. Yeah. Because my mom has to pay that because she's uninsured, because um, contrary to public belief, uh, Obamacare didn't exactly lower prices or anything. (laughs) So like it promised it would do. But the the individual mandate didn't do anything for somebody like me. Like I, I was uninsured and so was my mom. Um, now I get government assistance because I have no choice i 'm not paying six hundred dollars a month or me, a month now i'm i 'm not paying six hundred bucks a year for not being insured so right, I have no right. choice I qualify for assistance i don't want it i don 't use it, but I have it I have to. But, so congratulations, Obama got one of those 45 million uninsured Americans, right, to be insured. Doesn't help me, I don't want it, and I could have gotten it before Obamacare. Right, right. You know, you And that
0: first year, uh, wasn't it only $95, the penalty? Yes,
1: and then they raised it every year, and they knew they were going to raise it every year. I'm wondering, though, if it's capped at 630 or if they were planning on increasing it even more.
0: I'm not I sure. Know. I don't know.
1: But, Jeez, so she still has to pay hers, because the... Uh, the way that they rolled it out in the first place, a f- person working full time uh, doesn't—they don't—their the, employers only have to pay them a stipend for their health insurance. So she would get mm. like 120 bucks a month or something. Well, for, she has pre-existing conditions and stuff. For like four thousand dollars, she'd have to meet like a four thousand dollar deductible. Oh my know, gosh! It was, yeah, it was ridiculous for her to even try. And the monthly cost, the stipend didn't even come close. Well, so now they've changed that so she has shitty insurance they 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 did change the law so that a, a company had to actually give health insurance they couldn't just give money towards health insurance mm-hmm. but it's still it's shitty and it's it's not it's not good and it, it right. it's better than nothing it's better than paying 600 bucks a, a year but it's not like all of a sudden it helped everybody
0: oh boy <laughs> he's got some work to do doesn't he
1: he does <laughs> But you know, if we went back to the system before Obamacare, before the before the uh, before the individual mandate, it really wouldn't be that big a deal. It wouldn't change very much. I don't think that's. I don't think people really understand that. I don't think anybody who has insurance now would lose it, and really none of the prices would change because nothing changed very much from Obamacare in the first place. Right. Except it went up. I, I noticed Faith is the Abdication of Reason says, my plan went up from 900 a year to 4,000 a year.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. If I believe it.
1: That, you know, this shit happens. So, yes, he has a yeah, lot that's to do. True. And, and I, I honestly, somebody was yelling at me a while ago, what, you, 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 you conservatives are really fucking dumb, don't you? You don't know what to do about health care? Well, no, no, I don't. I really don't. I admit that. I know socialist healthcare doesn't work.
0: Yeah, right.
1: So there's that too. But
0: yeah, and it's not like we all conservatives have the expertise in in all of these fields.
1: Right. Exactly. I can say that
0: something doesn't work without knowing exactly what will work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no That's- policy experience.
1: So uh, yeah, exactly. I don't have any policy experience with healthcare. I mean I work in healthcare and I see from the inside some of the abuses of the system, but it all seems very minuscule. You know, right. it doesn't seem like it's stuff that costs that, that would fix the system. And I think the reason is because healthcare is like any other industry, it costs money to continue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But we have the oath and an oath that I don't believe you should get rid of that we're going to help you regardless of whether or not you can pay. I know. and we had that before Obamacare, and that never changed. And that's why the narrative of "Oh my God, so many people are dying per every year because they don't have health insurance." No, that's not true. If you don't have health insurance, you'll still right. get what you need. You know this
0: It just might bankrupt you. <laughs> well, it will put you in debt. Yeah,
1: you know, but basically, it ruins your credit, and they send it to a creditor.
0: Right, right. There's not much. Not you, know- like, you know, you die. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not like you die, and it's not like you go to a debtor's prison or anything like that. <laughs> uh, so it, it, that's what we'll probably end up going back to. And I, I wish people would stop freaking out because it, that was not that bad, you know?
0: Right, right. It's pretty low on my level of concern, despite being uninsured. I, I, I need to reprioritize, perhaps.
1: Oh, huh. <laughs> well, maybe. I'm sure. I'm sure it will work out. I do think that the individual mandate will go away, though. Um, that's one of the most controversial aspects and in that case, then it won't matter so much if you're uninsured.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does give me anxiety, though.
1: Well, I can understand that.
0: It's the first time I've been, like, self-employed, so lots of changes in the works. I always had that cushy government job and everything. (laughs) (laughs)
1: What What did you do, if you're allowed to say?
0: Um, I was working, I worked at a variety of jobs. Most of them have been in finance. Um, and then I've done some uh, work on mortgage backed securities and things like that. So,
1: but did you go um, on YouTube? Is that where your self-employed comes from?
0: Yeah, I did. I was able to about six months ago around then. it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's come, it comes with a variety of stresses that I wasn't entirely expecting. I was like, I need to harden myself to criticism like Ann Coulter. But like, I think that's something that, that comes over time and so it's still it's still pretty stressful in many ways it's more stressful than the job that I had
1: yeah Ann Coulter that's an interesting uh you always have something interesting to say about her she you said that uh she wouldn't she knew she would be a terrible mother because she's such a cold-hearted bitch that's I basically how
0: that I I don't I don't really know I mean um but I I would think that after she went to I think she went to Michigan oh I might fuck this up but she went to Michigan State a very good law school in Michigan I don't know. Second to Columbia, um, I think that in that time she probably was like, "Wow, I have a real aptitude for this." And then she decided that she could either be a mother or do this work. And I mean, and she's so gifted and so smart, and she's icy. I think that she really did just size herself up and was like, "No, I need to go to the career route." And she was right. She did the right thing. I, th- I Well,
1: I would say she did the right thing in the sense that she's incredibly good at what she does. But I, yeah. I, I think inside her mind i don't know whether she would you know wishes she wanted would be a mother and i i i'm curious because i think almost i do wonder am sorry
0: i do wonder maybe maybe she feels like she wishes she would have lived her life differently but she also seems very confident and satisfied in her choices mm-hmm. and that exudes from her and leads me to believe that she's not like living with a bunch of regret i'm just projecting all of this this is like 100 <laughs> percent speculation i have no freaking idea
1: i know <laughs> i just just—I'm curious uh, about that. I think women, from the women that I've known in my life, and and my friends, and and even at school, many of them I feel uh, seem a lot less driven about careers, and I, I feel that um, that motherhood is what would make them the happiest. Yeah. And I'm curious as to whether that's true about most women or even all women. You know.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's probably true of mo- of most women. I don't have kids yet, but um. I did the career thing and like, I just found it like endlessly unsatisfying. And I was like, God, I'm never going to be happy doing this. This is, this is terrible. Working for somebody else, like doing something you don't care about. that In finance, you're not creating anything. You're just moving rich people's wealth around. Like, this oh, could not be any more unsatisfying. It's, it's just unreal. And so the, you know, I'm in my early 20s. I'm 29 now. And I was thinking, um, I've got to have a family. I can't be doing this. And I can't do both. And so I made some life choices, and then now I'm self-employed. And so I think I'll be able to have my channel when I have kids and everything. But like, I have always known that this was not the right course of action, the career.
1: Well, I'm really excited that the that the YouTube you know, aspect will allow you to need to work when you have kids. You yeah, know, like, yeah. Like base mama.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, she does work a lot. She has six children.
1: She has six children. Yeah. And she's going to have more. so
0: crazy. She oh my work. gosh. <laughs>
1: I know. I she just I'm watching it all sure through that birth sure too. I'm sure she'll catch it later.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, well she said she has C-sections now because she's she did the whole natural childbirth thing and she said no not anymore. <laughs> not again.
0: Dude, if you've had 6 kids, you can make your own birthing decisions without anybody's criticism. <laughs> Good for you, lady. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, that so that that's I don't know. I just I have I have a friend who's just been they just found out that they are pregnant, that they're they're engaged, and it was a total surprise and an accident and everything, and they're
0: terrified.
1: <laughs> I, you know, they're they're very young, and I understand. I'm like, well, how young? Uh, twenty one. They're both twenty one, and they were already, you know, they've been engaged since they were like nineteen, and they're getting married. Well, they were getting married in July. Now they're getting married in March, so that because the baby's due in July. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I told her, you know, because she wanted to be a she wanted to be an accountant, and I'm like, you're going to be way happier as a mother than as an accountant. I'm telling oh, yeah. you right now. And yeah, I like, she's you know, she's terrified. You're like, oh, I'm not going to be a good mother. I'm like, darling, you're going to be a wonderful mother. Shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> and I think everybody feels like that. Yeah. When and I think
1: that for most part, for the most part, everybody will be good parents, you know, because. If you care about your kid and you love your kid, that's all that really, really matters. You can make bad stupid And if you're
0: asking that question, then that shows that it matters to you whether or not you're a good parent. And what's a bigger indicator than that?
1: Absolutely. You know, but I mean, and and it's not to say that motherhood is a, well, motherhood is is exclusive to mothers, of course. It's not to say that wanting (laughs) a family is exclusive to mothers. Uh, You know, I mean, I want a family myself. But... um, it, it just it does have that different dynamic because I do envision myself working alongside my family, and, and right. no, I feel like that's I don't feel like that's a that's a gender role thing. I think that that's just the way we're, our brains are wired.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, and then when I was deciding to change careers and to do the YouTube thing, I was like thinking, how is this going to work when I have a family? And I, I thought that it would be a really big help to my boyfriend to be able to bring in some income too. So. It's really reassuring that that I think I'll be able to manage all of this. We'll see though. Well, we'll see. I, yeah, I th-
1: I think you will, especially if you keep up the good work. Like I said, I'm not lying when I say that I go to you and I go to to Matt when I. I oh, thank you so much. Well, you're you're welcome. But I mean, I'm just saying the truth. I'm not trying to like compliment you or anything. I'm just <laughs> saying it like I do because when I see something break, something big, I know that you guys are going to be on top of it. And I trust your judgment for a couple of reasons. Now, one of the things I was going to, I'm probably still going to do. Do you remember when you had roaming millennial on your podcast, you had a Matt, Matt showed you all a video and it was uh, it was of that girl, that teenage girl who said that she was at the women's March and they told her she couldn't be there while she was wearing her MAGA hat.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you by any chance remember yeah, what you guys yeah, watching? I do. Well, I, I it hit me when I watched it at the first, and then I, I went back and I watched it and I clipped it out. All three of you made some statements of doubt of whether or not, even though you're, you know, it's in your kind of best interest to to say that, oh yes, it's absolutely true. All three of you doubted the girl until you decided whether or not it was a true statement, and that was something that I loved to hear because. Mainstream media doesn't feel like they do that anymore. They pick up a story right. and they're just like, "Oh my god, it fits the narrative!" Boom.
0: Yeah, and I yeah. really appreciate. It. I mean, you just have to do that because sometimes uh, some stuff slips through your fingers, and that's definitely happened. It happened to me on one of my videos this week. I used this clip of this NYU professor just flipping shit at a Gavin McInnes professor or uh, appearance, and it was because I found it on Real Clear News, but um, and like a bunch of other sources, but all those sources had pulled it from Real Real Clear News the same place, the same misinformation. And so, you know, things like this, it's just you just have to accept that it's kind of a casualty of journalism and just yeah. make sure that you're on top of it after. Like immediately I was like, shit, I, I told everybody and we talked about it on the podcast. Um, but I think that, yeah, it's important to try to look at everything with a discerning eye lest the alternative media just becomes the legacy media. I mean, exactly. we have to be able to think beyond our own narrative. It's, it's vital if we want to retain the energy that we have right now.
1: Right. And so I appreciate having people who are dedicated and, and trustworthy. So that's what I think of you guys. I don't mean to be like sucking your dick, but <laughs> 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 what I'm doing. So I'll, I'll stop. Uh,
0: no, no, it's okay. Skag, especially. He works so hard on the podcast. and oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, you know, I'll, I'll pass the compliment on him. I'm sure he'll appreciate it.
1: <laughs> well, like I said, uh, I, you know, I've told, I've, I've told him that before and he's like, well, I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> well, that, that's what you get.
0: That's no, what you I get mean, when you do good work. He also casts that discerning eye on his, own, on his own production and everything like that. Yes. Um, so I, I got to give him compliments for compliments to do. Like, he really does his due diligence in trying to make sure that everything that we put on the podcast is um, the newest information that we have, is the most accurate information. Uh, so very, very few things do slip through the cracks. We've only had, had to backflop a know. few times.
1: Triggly prof, I'm sorry, but everybody – Everybody fell for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, w- it rang true to me, and that's the reason that I fell for it, uh, because I've seen, like, that was like Melissa click on steroids. It's not, like, the most ridiculous thing ever. If you told me, like, this is an NYU professor or this is a liberal actress that does lobster porn, I'd be like, oh, it's, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely the NYU professor, which of those is more believable. But alas, I know, I never here we the are, porn thing. current year, lobster porn lady. Lobster I saw those <laughs> pictures, and I was like, what?!
1: What? I just unbelievable.
0: The world we live yeah. in, man. The world but we yeah, live
1: in. You know, I'm I, that said too. You remember she convinced everybody at the scene too, right? Because after she's, you know, she's yelling, yeah, I'm right. a professor. And then Well, they're she like, ended
0: up being professor, a professor, but she professor. was a professor at like Montclair or something like that.
1: So she like had a... taught, but it wasn't like she she, right. she was doing this as a as a performance artist. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And then all the people in the background that were like, yeah, she's a professor. When I watched it the first few times, I was like, they're supporting her clearly. But then I watched it with the new information. I'm like, they are mocking her. They're mocking her. They're like, yeah, she's a professor. I'm like, oh, why didn't I see it? This is, clearly, uh, this is clearly nonsense. So, yeah, some egg on my face on that one. What can you do?
1: It happens. <laughs> she was really convincing. You know, She's a definitely a very talented actress. <laughs> wasted in lobster porn.
0: I know, right? Yeah. Uh, yikes.
1: It's been a long, long life.
0: <laughs> I know. I just feel like exhausted just still from the election season. I'm I like,
1: know, Yeah. And then, and inauguration. Just yeah, the protests and the, the...
0: I know. And I just feel like I'm just waiting for something bad to happen. And I, I don't like this feeling. I do still have a, a very menacing... A feeling, I don't know. The air in Seattle is really weird.
1: You think it's, it's going to be specific? I mean, let me tell you, I'm not. I wouldn't be at all surprised if it did happen in Seattle, especially given everything that happened at UW. But what would uh, you think it's specifically going to happen in Seattle? Because I do think that you know, we just saw the most violent attack by a protester ever in, right. at Berkeley, and it's only going. It's only getting worse. It's only going to continue to get worse. murder. I, I don't shit. know about
0: Seattle specifically, but it is really um, contentious here, especially with this judge order. Uh, so I, I'm worried about Seattle being like a hotbed of, of violence. Um, definitely. but I, but I agree with you. I think that this is something that is, initially, I was like, all right, this is gonna fizzle out. This is they're gonna see that people are not going to an internment camps. nobody's getting stripped of their basic human rights, and they'll shut the fuck up, they'll chill out. But now I think that they are like animals backed into a corner and they're lashing out unpredictably and randomly, and that it's only going to get worse.
1: Yeah. And I would have have ordinarily said something like, well, you know, now that Trump has been inaugurated, that was when they were going to do the worst. Right, right. They're not going to take one Trump policy decision unless it's something totally out there. They're not going to take one Trump policy decision and start protesting it. Well, not only will they might might do that, you know, if the wall starts getting built, I'm sure they're going to protest the fuck out of that. But worse... Uh, they're just going to, thanks to, I guess, Richard Spencer getting punched and whatever, now they're going to just take it out on people like Evan McInnes and Milo Yiannopoulos and Hoff right. Summers and Ben Shapiro and people who do conservative and slightly controversial, <laughs> slightly controversial talks around the country. So they'll, they'll just go there. They'll just go there and they'll do it there. And and so we're just going to see more UC Berkleys and worse, and that's frightening.
0: It, yeah, it does really frighten me. And I think that these people largely um they aren't really driven by an ideology as they as they are by their own uh, sociopathic tendencies. <laughs> and I think it was rules for radicals. I don't know, maybe Alinsky wrote about this, but employing um, like psychopath and sociopaths to like do the criminal bidding of the elite left. And that sounds so conspiratorial. But I think that that is kind of what we're seeing um, in these academic environments. Like these kids like they read like the communist manifesto and that's it. And now they think that they know all this shit about the world, but they aren't like super driven by this ideology. They're just angsty and violent and they want chaos to surround them. Um, and so they're perfect targets for uh, these elites.
1: And I think some of it happened thanks to the black lives matter protests and the media oh, yeah. reaction to them because you of
0: legitimized them so much.
1: In, in Black Lives... Yeah, exactly. They legitimized them. And in the Black Lives Matter protests, the individuals were almost entirely black, understandably, mm-hmm. because they're fighting for a black cause, whatever. And... let's be frank about it. Black people commit more crime. They commit more violent crime. And we're talking about ghettos. We're mm-hmm. talking about the poorest of the poor. Right. It's not, it's not terribly surprising that they would erupt in violence. And they did. And the media said, oh, well, it's totally acceptable. And so now I think all of these middle-class, rich, you know, white kids that are making up the Black Bloc and Antifa and all of this, they kind of got emboldened by a media that said, yeah, we're we're on your side. We understand your grievances. You should have the right to violently protest. And right. I, I feel like this yeah, is the right. new environment is a culmination of that one. And that one was scary and bad enough, honestly.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, so I guess... The question is, is the media gonna turn this ship around? I mean, they have the power to influence, it seems, although it's decreasing by the day, but the alternate media doesn't doesn't really have the power to influence the masses like they do still. So are they gonna continue feeding the flames of this, the civil unrest? I am,
1: yes. (laughs) Yeah, to answer your question, I'm sure, CNN.
0: They're doubling down about everything, yeah
1: they're doubling down about everything except one One piece gives me small amounts of hope for the mainstream media. And I should say, I don't necessarily want to have hope for the mainstream media. I just want them all to die, okay? But, yeah. puppy.
0: <laughs> he's licking my hands, he's being really gross. Gross.
1: <laughs> I, my dog does the same thing. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Leaving Fox News and being replaced by somebody even more conservative, and then moving to NBC where she is now possibly the most conservative person on the network.
0: Right, I thought that was so strange. Um, She got replaced by Tucker Tucker Carlson, right, in his time slot? Yeah. Or in her time slot? And his show is just, I don't know if you've been watching it, I was just watching it before I got on with you, but he is just tearing it up. I just love that guy, he's just doing such a great job. Every time I turn him on, he's just ripping apart some new person that like really deserves it.
1: Yeah, you know, and I remember Skag talking about this, Is like, we have all of these problems uh, the, the to getting on getting people on the show. How do they even see? The I know getting wrecked like this, and then yeah, I don't watch him, but I have watched clips, and I have seen and I've heard all of this.
0: He's doing so. a great job, so I think he's going to be able to kind of usher in a newer audience uh, to Fox. Yeah. Yes, because they and are old and dying.
1: They are old and dying, and to a degree, I appreciate that. But then on the other hand, I I don't. I don't want them to die out, and then the other mainstream media networks stay. You know.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that didn't occur to me. Maybe <laughs> they need it.
1: So that's that's what that's what would worry me. They all have to die, or none of them. You know. Yeah. Or at least Fox S's is not.
0: But I don't know. I mean, alternative but media I, is still getting those numbers. Like I, I saw Stephen Molyneux was yeah. doing like a year-end wrap-up, and he was talking about the number of views and downloads, and it was like well beyond two hundred million. 200 million views and downloads. Holy shit. Holy shit. Like, that's got to rival the biggest news networks.
1: Yeah, I, I would guess it would. And if you were to put, you know, most of the alternative news networks on YouTube together and look at their, you know, daily or weekly viewership, and, and I'm just, I'm talking even ones with a conservative bent, not the Young Turks. Um, I, I do think that that would rival a mainstream news network.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, if you put in, like, Philip DeFranco and um, Mark Dice and Stephen Molyneux and um, Mike Cernovich and and these people, you know, Beauty and the Beta. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Put Mm. put all those up. Yeah, and
0: and Paul Joseph Watson has a huge, huge audience.
1: Yes. Yeah, Paul Joseph Watson. Mm. I I hope the media is dying.
0: (laughs) So do I. (laughs) I hope CNN. I I made a video about this a few days ago, but, like, we might just not have to do anything, and they might just die out because of their own incompetence. I mean, people are really sick of being lied to on a daily basis and then going onto YouTube and being told, like, exactly what CNN lied to them about today. Um, And I think it's happening with a a lot of their audience, especially the younger ones. So as the older ones die, I mean, the younger ones are going to be more woke, even though I hate that term. But it has its purposes, doesn't it?
1: (laughs) So Quizzica Latino... Is wow, okay, I've never heard of this before. Quiz Latino asked what, what my thoughts were on the, the Justice Democrats. Have you heard of this? Mm-mm. Um, the group was founded on January 23rd, 2017 by Chenk Uger and Kyle Kalinsky, with the help of the senior leadership from the former Bernie Sanders presidential campaign. And this is to rebuild the party with progressive means, uh, similar to the right-wing Tea Party movement. Huh.
0: Wait, read that last part again, similar to the what?
1: Similar to the Tea Party movement is what it says.
0: Oh, I haven't heard about this at all. Have you?
1: I, no, I haven't. Am in I not hip years.
0: to the Times?
1: I can't believe that this is – actually, on Wikipedia, it's already here. I can't believe that Cenk Uger is behind this, of all people.
0: God, he's so – ugh. I I watch him periodically, but like, I just find it, uh, it's just, it's just hard to watch him these days. He seems like he's melting down. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Well, anyway, good luck. Uh, they want to replicate the tea party. I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. (laughs) The tea party was a very confusing, strange, weird thing that just appeared and never had chanky Uyghur behind it.
0: (laughs) What was his story before, uh, before what he does now?
1: Uyghur, I really don't know. I don't know very much about him.
0: Neither just that he's I. a buffalo. <laughs> yeah, I guess only I've only known him from the Young Turks in the last like six months. I don't know about anything else that he's done. Whether or he hey, not he was even a journalist before this. Young
1: Turks. I, haven't, I haven't been keeping up on him.
0: I don't know. Has neither been, have I. I. I can't hate watch them. I just can't do it anymore. and So I haven't even checked in. He started though, right?
1: I don't know. I, I really don't. I think he did have a video but I, I don't know for sure. Um, I mean, everybody's watching for that. I love, I love the the fact that the Young Turks is clearly dying. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, you should. Their like and dislike ratio just says it all. It's hilarious. It's oh, always yeah. like 50-50.
1: Well, and not just at, that. At so minute. they've got three point two million subscribers, and I, I I forget who I was talking about this with, but you know, they get like maybe three hundred thousand views. That's Many not of very them good. Just get a lot less than that.
0: Well, what Paul Joseph Watson has like six hundred thousand subscribers, and he has several videos that are over.
1: 10, well, I mean, I mean. yeah, the Young Turks have videos that are over that. It's just I'm looking at their at their history of the last three days, and I mean, sure, they make a lot of videos with a lot of views, but most of them don't even break three hundred thousand. And for a right. channel that has three hundred that has three point two million, they're not doing That's great. Not very good. And especially since you just mentioned that a lot of those are hate watching. <laughs>
0: I mean, How many,
1: yeah. How many people watch The Young Turks because they want to get their news from The Young Turks? And I want to meet these people and then euthanize these people.
0: <laughs> I know, God. I'm sure you saw what they said about um about the Berkeley event and it being a right wing f- f- fucking false flag. I was like, my mouth was hanging open. I was like, are you people fucking serious right now? Are you serious with this? That was like the most paranoid conspiratorial thing I, I think I've ever come out of. This. <laughs>
1: Do you remember very – right before the election, there was a church burning where somebody wrote um,
0: – It was in Mississippi, and it turned out to be a, a black guy that was a member of the congregation, right? Yeah,
1: yes. Yeah. And uh, the I remember right after that happened, and the right-wing media was all like, you know, this is – Wait, wait for the facts. I bet you this is yeah. going to be a, a black guy. I bet you this is a false flag. And left-wing Twitter was blowing the fuck up like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they're saying this." See? See, look at them. They're trying to make the argument that this is going to be that this isn't a, a hate crime. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it was, and nobody was surprised on our side. Oh my
0: you know, god, I know. Jeez.
1: When we say it, we're crazy. But when Chank Uger says it, it's it's logic.
0: They have done such bad reporting. Do you remember that time that they misreported, um, Chank misreported Sarah Palin and said that she said that black people yes. weren't people, but it was obvious that she had said, um, what, what did she actually say? Peaceful, that that's what friendly. it was. But you can tell when she's talking, that's what she said. Right. And then like, he didn't correct himself until like days later or something like that. And it was this offhand thing. It's like, well, oh my also- God.
1: But also, yeah, it was an offhand thing, and he's like, well, but it was it was something that I would expect her to say, is something like what he said, it's like.
0: It doesn't really... matter, She didn't say it, so I don't know what to <laughs> well, say there. Well, the funny
1: thing about that was, he then read it, he put it on the screen, and he- Right,
0: right, and didn't correct himself, that's what it was.
1: Yeah, he read it again, and he said, he read it correctly the second time. Yeah. And right, then yeah, he yeah. still went on railing about how it was, that she said black people aren't people, or the rioters aren't people. It was just, it was pathetic. And I I don't really, one-track mind. I don't even, for that actual incident, I don't attribute negative, like, I don't think he meant to do that. I think it was a legitimate mistake. But first of all, that's probably worse. Yeah, that's probably worse. First of all, for somebody, he
0: just does it subconsciously and there's no intent. That's that's your default position then, dude.
1: And then, and then there was absolutely ill intent when his, with his bullshit reaction or retraction, it was pathetic. And um, that's probably one of the most frustrating things over the last couple of days, or these, these protests, is how they've characterized Milo Yiannopoulos, for example. You know, oh, on white.
0: CNN is a white supremacist or uh-huh. rallying white supremacists. It's like, oh my god, you yeah. guys must be joking.
1: No, He's great a
0: gay Jew. Yeah, come on.
1: It's 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 what makes me think that, like, with Richard Spencer getting punched, I I don't think I agree with Richard Spencer, but I can't really be sure because unless I listen to Richard Spencer.
0: Right, because right. Everybody
1: else is lying about everybody else. So how do I know that they're not lying about what he's had to say as well? And I can't find most right. of the speeches. I don't know if they're getting banned or whatever, but even if I did, I don't know how much I want to listen to them, but still.
0: Um, I mean, I think that people are so outraged by the concept of Richard Spencer that once they listen to him and read what he said, that they're like, oh, this is on um, remarkably level headed. Maybe that's his strategy, though. I
1: don't know. Is it remarkably level-headed? I haven't read it. I don't know.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. Th- I think that uh, most of the stuff that I've read that have been totally that's been totally outrageous, um, like quotes from Richard Spencer, have he's been completely misquoted. So as far as I can tell, everything that I've and I've met him a few times has been he's been a nice guy. Um he's and so, still a nice guy. Yeah, I, I just feel like this has been such a such a crazy crazy response hysterical response to him that naturally people when they read his work they're gonna be like this isn't nearly what I thought it was gonna be
1: well that that is one thing I hope I hope that because he's getting a lot of attention just like UC Berkeley gave Milo this national platform punching Richard Spencer gave Richard Spencer a national platform for you know Mm -hmm. at least a few minutes to get noticed um, I, I want Milo to get noticed, for sure. I like what Milo has to say. I don't know what Richard Spencer has to say. I don't know if he's advocated for black genocide. I don't know if he is a white supremacist. I don't know if he is a neo-Nazi, and I, I don't know whether these things are true. And so I'm concerned that it's going to happen. Because, I mean, that right. wing of our party does exist, and that's the
0: scariest part. That's true, Um, and as far as I know, he's not, but I would argue that it doesn't really matter. I mean... I hope not. I I don't know if it really matters. I mean, it's not my personal responsibility to rid people's brains of racist thoughts. I just, none of us can take on that responsibility. Uh, And so if people want to be racist in the, you know, in their own mind, I I don't know if I really give a shit. I I just don't care. Um, And Richard Spencer, the stuff that I've I've never heard him identify as a neo-Nazi or anything like that. I mean.
1: No, I mean, in the video where he gets punched, he specifically says, no, I'm not a (laughs) neo-Nazi.
0: And then there's that black chick in the background that's like, would you date me?
1: <laughs> would you date a black girl? Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, Do you like black people. And he's like, yeah, sure.
0: Like,
1: <laughs> and you know, I, it's just exactly the same kind of thing that somebody would say if you didn't understand why you were being asked that question. Like,
0: yeah, he's, uh, I guess. So, uh, yeah, sure. I
1: mean, sure. Like, they don't have anything, but like, what I mean, if you were actually racist, then wouldn't you turn around and say, no, I hate black people. Go back to Africa. I mean, wouldn't you say that, I would think, if you were actually racist? I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, this begs the question as, you know, we've talked about this a bunch, but what is a Nazi? And, like, I hear myself be called a Nazi all the time. And I hear it, I've heard roaming millennial be called a Nazi. I mean, it's like, for fuck's sake, all right, are you guys serious about this? Like, this sweet half-Asian girl's a Nazi? None of us are safe. None of us are safe here.
1: Exactly. And that's I, that's one of the most frightening things is that, uh, okay, so now everybody can get punched. So you're yep. blonde. So you're, you're practically Aryan. You you, you you know, I'm white enough. I can get punched.
0: Yeah, I mean, we you can't know. set a precedent like that. It just, it just can't happen. Because then if people are going to tell me that it's okay to punch Nazis, I'm going to be like, fine, is it okay for me to punch communists? And then we're into some shit. Now we have a civil war in our hands, don't we? Exactly.
1: You know, I wish they would also understand – our, our Constitution and our Supreme Court has upheld the rights of Nazis. In, uh, I want to say 1971, I think it was, it was a landmark case, National Socialist Party versus Village of Skokie. And in that case, it, the, the Nazis were trying to march in Skokie, Illinois, which is a tiny, very, very Jewish town. And the Supreme Court said, yes, they have the right to do that. You can't, you can't say they don't have the right to speak simply because you think it will offend most of the population. They have the right to apply for a permit like anybody else, and they have the right to be heard. And that, they, that they upheld the right for Nazis to speak, and they will uphold the right for anyone to speak. Right, right. As soon as you close the door on one, then where are you going to draw the line?
0: Right, and popular speech doesn't need protection. It is exclusively unpopular speech or hate speech that needs to be protected. And I'll advocate for that. I don't care what it is. If if you wanna say it, it, it can be said. Um. And so I would apply this to anybody. And I've talked about like Evalion a few times on my channel who is a legit, like I, I think that she might even refer to herself as a neo-Nazi. She's got some extremely, extremely uh, crazy viewpoints. But I mean, her YouTube channel was shut down Um. Which, and she apparently couldn't travel around Europe and she had some issues, uh some issues at the Canadian border and things like that. And it's like, God, are we really, she's like a 17 year old white nationalist. Are we really going to do this to her just because she has a YouTube channel? Is she really that scary? I don't well, know. And
1: I would also argue that I, I can think of four black supremacists off the top of my head. Uh, people who advocate for the, the, you know, who say that whites are inferior to black people. Yeah, They're, what about right? this
0: uh, black Hitler guy? I don't know his real name. Yeah, That's
1: Gazi Kazo. Gazi Gazi I have heard
0: oh, just, in, like, t- him. I've heard him talk about um, exterminating exterminating white people
1: mm-hmm.
0: in mass. Yes. Like, calling for white genocide. I mean, uh, can you imagine? I've never heard Richard Spencer say anything like that before.
1: Exactly. And and he's one, and Cynthia G, and Sensei Ashidamasu, and Pharaoh Allah. I can think of there. There are, by anybody's definition, and possibly even by their own definition, they're black supremacists. They have YouTube channels with pretty extensive followings.
0: Right, right. Uh, and so the question is: Are we going to allow this for everybody, or are we going to allow it for nobody?
1: and we're going to allow it for we're going we're going to make our choices apparently we're going to decide that that you can't be racist unless you have power and you know racism equals power plus privilege and therefore we're not going to ban the black youtubers because that's youtube today that's twitter today that's facebook today that's
0: such an insane position because you know at some point the white population is going to become the minority population in america and when that happens the second that that baby is born that that is the tipping point um suddenly white people aren't going to have power and privilege. And I mean, I, I, I don't know, I'm just not buying this. Like if, if black people became the majority and they had all the power, you think that they would just be like, oh, you are no longer an oppressive class, white people. They would just let us off the hook.
1: No, no, I don't. Of
0: course not. Of course not.
1: <sighs> all right. Yeah, well, it's icky, that.
0: right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. On that aggravating note, <laughs> I know I've got to let you get back. You're packing for your trip.
0: I am. I'm going to Europe for three months.
1: For three months Probably. I wish I could have had that much time to spend you know <laughs> in Europe um, I'm really excited I am happy and blessed to have gone in the first place but I would be would love to be able to spend that much time there so yeah it's gonna be fantastic you're gonna you're gonna keep it up though right you're gonna keep on the yeah. On channel
0: yeah definitely and then I'll still have the Wednesday Night show and the Sunday night okay. show um, that is beauty and the beta 9 p.m. Eastern time on Matt Christensen's channel. Uh, and I am blonde in the belly of the beast so check out my channel. And thank you so much for having me on Anthony.
1: Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yes. Check out her channel. I d- do it. I, I insist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make them do anything that they don't want to do, but I'm you no, know, i the- <laughs> one. All right. Thanks everybody for Bye, watching. Guys. I'll catch you later. See you next time.